What's going on, everyone? If you haven't heard about the Anchor podcast, it's the easiest way to make one. Let me explain. For one, it's free. You have the flexibility of being able to record right at the palm of your hands from your phone or your computer. It has excellent creation tools that can allow you to record and edit as well. And you also can be able to use Anchor to distribute your podcast onto many other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Principles Experience. This channel is designed to give you financial content in the areas of business, finance, and investing while bringing you stories of the mindset of entrepreneurs and their tips on building a business. Sit back and learn on how you can develop your financial wisdom and create a blueprint for financial freedom. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Principles Experience. I'm so grateful that you all are listening right now. My name is Kevin Jenkins, and today I want to talk about the result of your taxes with capital gains and capital losses. Uh, This is a topic that is very prevalent in my investment portfolio and things that I am aware of as I'm making certain investment decisions. And I want to kind of give you all insight on just knowing your taxes, because this is one thing that every investor should know. Now, if you haven't listened to my 11th episode, I explained and I gave a brief example on capital gains when I talked about different ways on how you can diversify your portfolio. I would recommend listening to that episode to learn more about capital gains and how they are determined with an an investment. And now I wanted to go into a disclaimer. Uh, I know I've been I've have said this in the past with some of my previous episodes, but it's important for you all to know that I am not a registered financial advisor. So I want to make sure that you all do your due diligence and make sure that you are researching the information that I give you. And my content is designed for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult with an advisor or a brokerage firm when making an investment decision. The information I give you, please do your own research and become aware of the risks when making an informed financial decision. You must understand your own risk tolerance and be comfortable with making a specific investment decision. So let's dive now into the discussion. Now, when it comes to taxation on capital gains and losses, the IRS divides your income and any expenses arising from earning income into three categories. Those three categories are earned income, portfolio income, and also passive income. Earned income is the salary or wages you make with your occupation. So all ordinary and necessary expenses that are required to earn that income, the usually term is losses, and it can be deductible towards your earned income. Now, the necessary business expenses associated with earning that income, such as auto expenses or business entertainment, are deductible only against that income. For example, let's say you have an outside sales representative that travels frequently with their role uh, for their job throughout the year. 
at the end of the year, the representative, they can use their travel mileage expenses and it will be deductible against their earned income for that year. And earned income is usually taxed at a maximum rate of 37 percent. So it really depends on what tax bracket you're in, but the maximum rate can be 37% when it comes to earned income. Now, the next one that's uh, very prevalent with me in, in, in the income that I currently have is portfolio income, which is this portfolio income is divided into investment income and or loss and your capital gain and or the loss. Investment income is simply the dividends you receive from stocks and the interest you make from debt instruments, uh, debt investments. So any debt investment would be like if you're investing in a bond. Uh, the maximum tax rate on cash dividends received from holdings of a corporate stock, which are common and preferred, is reduced to 15% instead of being taxed at an ordinary income rate of up to 37%. And if an individual is in a high tax bracket, the tax rate is increased to 20%. So that's one thing to keep in mind. When you do have dividends that are received from your investments, you're not going to be taxed at a higher rate of 37% if it was uh, a short-term investment that you made with the dividends, uh, the the tax code or the IRS, they, they kind of give you um, a, a better benefit where your cash dividends are taxed at a much lower rate. Now, for someone in a higher tax bracket, they will be taxed at 20%. So let's uh, dive a little bit more into specifically capital gains and losses. Now, with capital gains, it consists of the gains realized from the sale of your assets. And another investing term that you usually may hear is unrealized gains, which are the gains that have accumulated inside of your portfolio. They're called unrealized because the money has not been pulled out of your portfolio. It's when the money is pulled out when you're taxed. So unrealized is, let's say you have a couple of stock options. You have some index funds that you have invested in, but then you have sold the positions. It's still unrealized. Even if you sell the stock and it's still within your portfolio, if you pull that money from your investment portfolio and you cash it out, then in that case... It's, it's now realized because the money is, is out of your account. It's, it's no longer uh, working for you. Now, I wanted you all to understand that uh, with uh, capital gains, the, the capital gains on the sale of all assets, uh, these categories would be anything such as a stock, uh, mutual funds, options, bonds, real estate, artwork. All of those are included when it comes to capital gains and or losses and how the taxes are applied. Now, capital losses on the sale of your assets are only deductible to the extent of your capital gains. Now, the maximum net capital loss deduction is $3,000 per year. The tax code, it gives you a benefit in that capital losses, uh, they can be utilized to reduce taxable capital gains to zero plus up to $3,000 of excess capital losses each year. Any unused losses are usually carried into the next year, and they can be offset against any future investment income. So I want to give you all an example so you can, uh, you can hear exactly what that exactly means and how it's applied in a real-world example. So let's say you have an investor. He has a capital gain in the year 2020 of $10,000. But let's say his capital losses is at fourteen thousand dollars. 
The net capital loss for the year is $4,000, and that's simply me subtracting the capital loss from the capital gain. Now, since only $3,000 can be deductible each year, $1,000 is what's left over uh, of the loss that is unused and is carried over into the next year. And on the investor's tax return following in the next year, the $1,000 can be offset against any capital gain for the year, or it can be deducted under the $3,000 annual net loss deduction limitation. So this is one thing that I, I really want you all to have a good understanding of because um, some people know, some people may not know that um, $3,000 of your capital losses throughout the year can be offset against your capital gains. And that's one thing to keep in mind, especially if you're investing and let's say uh, you you had you had a tough year, but you did gain some investment income in your portfolio. You can offset your gains with your losses to be able to minimize your losses. Now, the only thing is, it's only three thousand that can be deducted deducted in your net loss. Uh, but still, it's, it's one good thing to know, especially as you're approaching the end of the year and um, you have to file your taxes when it comes to your investments. Now, the biggest emphasis that I wanted to get across to you all is that with any capital gain or loss with investment income, the gain or loss is either short term or long term. I know I have a lot of individuals out there. They may use Robin Hood uh, for their investing and you know you oh I don't care if it's with Robin Hood if or if it's with a brokerage account whether you have Fidelity TD American Trade the capital gain or loss whether short term or long term is always going to be applied and especially for my Robin Hood traders out there that use that platform to trade it's a great beginning platform but I have had conversations with certain people where they're not aware of the short term and the long term capital gains tax that are associated when it comes to any platform and with Robinhood it's so simplistic and it's so easy to invest a lot of times you may sell your stock and you may pull your money out and it may not think that it won't be taxed but um, the government is always going to get their money and I'm going to explain to you the difference in the tax percentages between short term and long term and kind of what you should do to avoid uh, not having the government take as much money out of uh, your investments. So the tax impl implications, they are different for each one, uh, whether it's short term or long term. If you invested in a company and you sold the position and you realized the gain, an investor will be taxed at a maximum rate of 37%. And this is specifically with a short-term investment. So if you have sold any position within a year and you realize the gain, uh, you're going to be taxed at a maximum of 37%. Now, if an investor sells a position after a year and a day, so you've held the investment for longer than a year, the maximum tax rate would be either 15% or 20%. 20% is usually for uh, individuals that are in the highest tax bracket, and this tax implication is the same if you had a capital loss on any invest investment as well. So I would definitely say for those people out there that are active traders, uh, hold your investment for longer than a year because the capital gains tax is lower and that's less money the government is taking out of your pocket. Now, when it comes to filing your taxes, you will have to fill out a 1099 DIV form. DIV is pretty much the sh a short acronym for dividends. And this is for the dividend income that you receive throughout the year. 
You may also have to fill out a 1099 INT form and INT is short for interest. And that's basically you have to report any interest income you receive. And that's usually if let's say you have your money invested in t inside of a bond and they're paying you certain payments of interest, you will have to fill out a 1099 I INT form. Now, lastly, I did want to mention passive income, which this one is, is, is one that a lot of individuals out there may have as well when it comes to investing. And this is defined as income received from real estate investments and limited partnership interests. Limited partnerships are usually the structure for any tax shelter investment because they offer floor, flow through taxation. The expenses associated with managing real estate or the limited partnership are deductible only against passive income. Passive losses can only be offset against passive tax shelter income, and it cannot be used to offset either portfolio income or earned income. So that's definitely important to know um, when it comes to passive income. You have to keep in mind that at the end of the year, if you do have your money in real estate, uh, you can only offset your passive losses against your uh, passive income, which is tax sheltered. So and you can't use portfolio income or earned income to offset passive income. So I think that when it comes to this conversation, it's always good to know how the IRS divides income into these three different categories and then understanding the tax implications for all three. Because, you know, I know for anyone out there that's an investor, whether you're passive, whether you have investment income or whether you have earned income from your job or even for your business, it's strategic ways on how you can be able to hold your money for the long term so you don't have to have as much money being taken out for the government. I know for me personally, I want to be able to build my money and I want to have is less money being taken out from the government and from taxes. And this is some great strategic ways. And uh, that pretty much completes it for this episode. And I hope you all gain uh, some better insight on analyzing your taxes with earned portfolio and passive income. You know, it's important to know this information because um, some people also don't understand, like I mentioned, that selling an investment position under a year is going to lead to a higher capital gain tax. And I had to learn that the hard way. I know when I first started investing, a lot of times I would invest in certain companies and I would pull my money out within a year, not having the idea that I'm going to be taxed at a much higher rate. So now my approach has always been to be a long-term investor first. And then as I start to gain more knowledge, I'm going to have my money in other areas, whether it's in options, uh, whether I want to trade futures or even real estate. I think that learning the basics first, holding your money for the long term and, and building it slow and steady, slow and steady is always going to win the race. You know, and I think that if you have it from that approach, uh, you're, you're going to be in a great, a great position. And you know, I, I want to tell you all, thank you so much for, for listening. I, I really am uh, grateful for your time. Um, as, as always, if there was anything in this podcast that stood out to you, uh, if you could please share it, tell, tell a family member, tell a friend. Um, getting this message out of financial literacy is important in all communities, but especially the black community, because I know for myself growing up, you know, as a kid in, in, in Michigan, I never really had 
the the insight or I never had someone giving me game on how I can create multiple streams of income, but also being able uh, to know how I can really manage my money more effectively and have as less taxes taken out as well. So let's let's spread the message. Let's make financial literacy uh, a more open conversation amongst our family members, amongst our friends, so we can be able um, to develop our knowledge and so we can be able to have financial freedom. That's the goal for me. Um, that's the goal that I want for all of you all. So if you could definitely share this, I, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to also put my link tree in the notes. Uh, I have a YouTube page as well, and the link will be on there also. And my name for my YouTube page is Kevin N. Jenkins, and I drop financial content weekly. And it's always good to put, you know, a visual to words. So if you want to actually, you know, actually get the chance to watch this podcast as well, I'm going to upload it on my YouTube today. Also, if you can follow my Instagram, which is on the link tree as well. My my Instagram is Kev and Jenkins, and I also uh, drop content on there weekly. And I have a lot of great things in store for you all. I'm going to have some guests coming on again shortly. Um, in the future, and I'm going to have some giveaways that I'm going to do in the future as well, because um, I definitely uh, want to make this as, as valuable as, as much as I can to my audience and try to give more value. And uh, once again, I, I thank you all for t- tuning into the Principles Experience episode, and I hope you all take care and enjoy the rest of your week.